0: all right everybody welcome back we got a special episode tonight i know uh for our you know our faithful listeners it's gonna sound a little different because you know our guy cape isn't here tonight but we got a good reason for that he has just welcomed his new baby boy and so i will wait till he gets back so he can give you all those details but you know we're gonna you know continue the show we got a very special guest today uh happy to welcome him on we got mr Dr. Lewis B. Skip Perkins, Jr. He is the Assistant Vice President for Development at Morgan State University. It's hard, I I always gotta call you Dr. Perkins, but I just know you as Skip. (laughs) So I just want you to know how you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm I'm doing great, uh, Drew, and uh, Skip is fine, please. But in this uh, environment, Skip is more than fine. And uh, I'm gonna give a shout out. I do not know the brother, but congratulations. I've heard great things about Kate. Uh, uh, Welcome to fatherhood. Hey, man, hey, he's blessed me in that situation. So I wish him the best of his luck as he goes to that journey with that uh young man. We
0: are, we are definitely appreciated. So funny fact is, so my first son, he's about a year and a half older than his son right now, but my wife is doing about two months as well. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, it's gracious. <laughs> yeah, so we keep it all in the family around here. Um, so the, the the funny thing, too, is, you know, when I talk, when Cable and I talk, right, Uh. it's just Being former student athletes, we always, you're always the person I reference as far as like, you know, when we get done playing, we wanna still be able to look like we used to play. (laughs) And so there's nothing like somebody talking to you about what you should be doing, who doesn't look like they were ever an athlete. And so I always (laughs) reference you, I was like, man, there's this dude, he played tennis. And we always joke like, man, the only other tennis dude I knew that was black was Boris (laughs) Kujo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and so I always tell K. I I was like, man, he, he was just cool, man. Like he just looked like he was an athlete. And so when he talked to you, you didn't get that vibe from him. Like, man, what are why are you talking to me? about? It? like, so definitely you're always a person I reference, man. We, we happy to have you on. And the, the first question we always ask people is just, you know, how are you doing in these times? Uh, what's been like your biggest adjustment? And especially as we pivot to like more in-person events.
1: Well, um, thank you for having me excited to be on and, um, you know, do, doing well considering, I mean, you know, compared to, you know, it's like everyone else just, uh, you know, those, those taglines, you know, we're figuring it out, um, maintaining, you know, all that all that BS you were here in the first three months, but uh, honestly, uh, doing well. And I think, you know, professionally, you know, being at Morgan, uh, this whole, you know, pandemic part for me, we, we've prospered so well in Morgan. Um, so, professionally, it's, it's been great. And I, I transitioned to a new school right when the pandemic hit, which is kind of funny. I, I'm actually, excuse me, meeting some other um, executives on campus. I'm in the president's um, office meeting on provost. And then all of a sudden someone's like, um, his chief of staff comes in and says, you know, Dr. Wilson, uh, Dr. Wilson I, I think it's time, man. We going to probably shut campus down. And I'm like, hey, I just got here. What's going on? We shutting campus down? So the, the joke, The joke ever since then on every extended cabinet meeting of a chancellor, I mean, the president will say, "Oh yeah, Skip came, so we had to shut campus down." So that's the (laughs) running joke. But um, you know what? I've had, you know, I've been I've been fortunate that you know, um, obviously in life that there is there's death. You know, you lose people. Um, I I didn't have any, you know, close friends or family that 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 passed directly from COVID. Um, So from that standpoint, you know, I think. you know, being safe, being vigilant, trying to protect yourself, things like that. has been, it's been very well obvious. I knew some people that, um, you know, died from COVID and things like that. But, um, I, I think adjusting to the situation, you know, being a military brat, things like that, you know, just, just follow the science, listen to professionals, do the right thing, you know, not get caught up in, uh, the minutia and all the trash that's out there. And, um, you know, I think it's been why it's been very fortunate for me. I think for me, it's interesting because my, my son is a soccer player. He's, a 14 and he plays on the Olympic development team in Maryland and he plays a lot of soccer a lot of travel. To see how he had to make the adjustment was probably a lot different. So they went from not playing to then playing with limited players with masks and things like that, and those adjustments. So I think for more of a student athletes and things like that, it was probably a much bigger adjustment. And for the people that worked on campus that had to report every day, that that probably was much more difficult task for me. I just kind of rolled with the punches and dealt with it. And just, you know, I found myself being someone that's that's an extrovert. I never really wanted to work at home, but I adjusted to it and found a way, but that's not my style. But overall, really, really good considering the situation the world is in.
0: Definitely. I Man, I hated it from home. I hated it. Kate loved it, right? Kate loved it so much. He was like, man, I'm not trying to go back. I was like, man, I have to go back. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta go back.
1: No, I, I like it. I get more done on campus and, and I want to see people. Now I don't I might not like the 35, 40 minute drive, but I, I'd much rather do this.
0: I gotta see people. I gotta see people. So uh I was telling Kate, like you know, my wife, she would she had to go into work and my son was going to school, right? So it would just be me here. And when I tell you, I'd be just walking around the same like four walls, like talking to myself, like what's up? Yeah. <laughs> getting it was yeah i i I gotta i had to be back in front of people so yeah we've been back probably like the past three months because i moved into a new position and we came back every day so it's been just good for you
1: well for here i've probably been the last um i would say six months in my role and and i'm in the alumni house on the back side of campus which is cool to me but um i've been probably doing one two days a week for the last six months anyway so Mm -hmm. We have some development officers, some people on my staff that probably will never come back nine to five Monday through Friday because, um you know, fundraising is a little different. We have some development officers, they have their portfolios, they, they knock, they're knocking it out. So, you know, what, what more can they, I mean, obviously we have some in-person meetings and some donors, excuse me, they'll meet, but I, I don't know if everyone in my environment will be working nine to five Monday through Friday, you know, that type of thing. But I'm a front forward facing person, so... You know, if I'm on campus five days a week, bothers me none at all.
0: Don't matter. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. That's, that's good. Now great to talk to student athletes, right? But I think you might you might be our first tennis guy we had. Uh, okay. So okay. how did you get involved with tennis and know that was like something like, Yeah, this this is my ticket right here.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't. And my probably my biggest detriment, well not detriment, but I, I grew up, like I said, uh a military brat. And, you know, you know, you move around different, I live in different countries, different cities. So by the time I got settled around like fourth grade or whatever it was, I played everything. In high school, I have led it in four, four varsity sports. Um, I played everything and just was, was good enough at everything, but not great at anything. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason tennis kind of uh, stuck to me was tennis is one of those sports where you can't blame anybody. You can't blame <laughs> no teammate. You, you can't blame the weather. All you got to do is blame your game. It's on you. The work you put in is what you get. And, um, you know, and I do love teammate sports because I played basketball, I played football, played some pretty good teams, uh, ran track and things like that. But tennis was one of those sports where it's all on you. You gotta mm-hmm. look in the man in the mirror, every chance you get and you gotta, you know, it's, it's on you. I did like college tennis because it was a team environment where I mean, you could win all your matches, but, you know, we wanted our team to get better. So it took, you know, helping your teammates to get better. And, you know, um, and by my junior year, my coach, you know, the good thing was, who is still the coach now, Coach Lawson, we got to talk about the recruits that were coming on board and how we were going to build a team and what the future was going to look like. So I, I was really involved. I was, you know, a four-year captain. You know, I'm, I'm glad to say my picture is still hanging up on the wall in McDougal. So yeah, it
0: is. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that makes me feel really good. And um, for, for me, uh, tennis is one of those things where, now nah, a lot of brothers weren't playing, it, it, let's be honest. But um, in the D.C. area, we had some brothers that were good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had, a, and we had a pro tournament in D.C. every year. So I would be the only, you know, black ball boy out there. I'd be one of the only few juniors playing out there. And, um, you know, but it didn't really bother me because in the same token, I'd be playing summer league basketball against the MAP for the next night. So, so you know, just the best of both worlds. But uh, for me, tennis was it was that individual sport that, you know, you really couldn't blame anybody the the and I'm hard on myself so you know you had to motivate yourself blame yourself and that that was good for me but I think college tennis was great because you had teammates and you mm-hmm. wanted them to be better too and you know it'd be a competition who's going to win the fastest and got the course fastest because our coach had a thing where whoever won first got to pick where we would eat for dinner so uh. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we never wanted this one dude to pick because he always picks some old healthy crap and nobody wanted back uh. then. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and I know uh essential, you know, I know those meals that y'all picked, they they, <laughs> they <laughs> I'll tell you this. We had a sponsorship with with churches chicken, so you did we did too, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so man, they, I could just imagine the the, the spices y'all was picking.
1: That <laughs> was on the road, but you know, the churches was right on th- and, and you know what's like crazy. Sometimes we would have to walk after the game. I don't know about y'all, but we oh, walked down there several times.
0: I will so, say. They had it laid out nice for us. Now they
1: had it stacked up for us. We had to walk. Through. We walked. Hey, look, seriously, we played some tennis matches and we walked down there. We walked, but and one of our one of our uh, teammates, he lives in one of the boarding house on Fayetteville, so we would just gather food, go over there. But I mean, you know, and I think you can remember this too: the your teammates and people you were around. You know, you were around them so much, so often. I mean, that you know, you just you just knew that. Man, do not let this dude finish first because there's no way I'm eating a salad after
0: mm-hmm. this. Round.
1: No way.
0: It's and you know people that that are not student athletes, they just don't understand like how much time you spend around those people. <laughs> like, no, they don't. I I know that person over there like the back of my hand, and I and I don't even necessarily
1: really want to know him like that, but I. No. <laughs> I know way too much about this dude, mm-hmm. and uh, and when you, let me think about it. you're practicing two hours a day. You know, you got some study hall with them, you're traveling with them. And you know, we're we're in a van. So you're talking about six dudes, two coaches, and a trainer in a van, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After a match, all oh, we think, man. Look, 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 you're gonna to need to ride with all the windows down until we get to the hotel to shower. You know what? We're gonna eat after we shower because we just mm-hmm. cannot, you know, deal with this funk mm-hmm. on this little van. So but I, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything in the world.
0: Now that kind of leads me to my next question because I've been I've had an HBCU experience and a PWI so I know about those different resources right right so did you always know that you kind of wanted to attend the HBCU,
1: always um my, my, my father um a, a lot of people in my family were, went to HBCUs period um cousin ran a track of Southern uh, my sister went to um uh she went to Central State then she went to Meharry for um, medical school. You know, first cousins that went to the more, I always knew I was going to black college and my father is one of those uh, old school guys that would tell us all the time, there is nothing you can't do in life coming from an HBCU and don't mm. let anyone tell you different period, whether it's professional athlete, whether it's a lawyer, doctor, and, and I grew up in Jack and Jill in the DC area. So I, I met lawyers, doctors, went to Howard that, you know, they went to, they went to Morgan. You know, so um, I always knew I was going to HBCU, and then when I was getting recruited, um, at Tennessee State, I, I did get some other some PWIs, but my father was like, if they're not giving you a full scholarship, I don't even want to talk. i not my money won't go there. <laughs> mm. He was serious. So my brother played football in Morgan, um, so it, it was uh it was not, I don't want to say it was never an option. It was just something that, in, in my mind, we, we didn't think about. We always knew we were going to HBCUs, period. Hey, now
0: that, that's dope because, so my experience, right, grew up in Raleigh, all you know, all you hear about is Carolina State, you know, Duke. Yeah. And my father was a student athlete. He played ball. And so you might be familiar with So he played on that uh, NC State 74 National Championship team. Absolutely. David Thompson, all those guys. So all I really knew about was, ACC, like I was thinking, like, I got to get to Carolina. That's, that was my dream school. So right. kind of coming up, somebody might say something about it. I didn't know what HBC was until I actually got to Central. Uh, okay. all I knew was, this is what I knew. Central, nah, they they division two. So well, that's, <laughs> that's all I did, division one, division two. And so that was kind of a, it was a culture shock, but it was, I think it's hands down, best decision ever made in life to come to Central. Uh, and just finished out my career there, so it was greatest experience ever. I met my wife there, so and-
1: oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I met my well, I'm gonna be married once, but I did meet my wife at Central, and, and I was in grad school. And um, you know, my my kids, which is funny, is um, both of them um, they know about H- they both been homecoming with us. They, they know HBCUs, they they love HBCUs. Obviously, they they both been at Howard when I was at 80. They have been around it, so they, they get it. But my my son, he's already got a, a verbal to play soccer at Howard. But his thing is, I, I want to play a Power Five or I want to go overseas anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but my daughter, some of the, most of the schools she's interested in, I would say um, half of them are HBCUs because she's be a rising senior. So she's visited some good schools, but she's really into the arts. But my son's like only one school has a soccer team, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> the coach I hired, which we both love. And he, he'll work out and train with him, but. Um, it's a little different for um, uh, um, soccer compared to basketball. But I will tell you this. The biggest thing that I, I would always say back then is, what if Grant Hill would have gone to Howard back then? Just, just think about that, how that would change. I mean, we obviously saw what McCord Maker did this year, and we saw the PR, and honestly, he wasn't half. He couldn't even carry Grant Hill's jock strap. okay? But yeah. let's just imagine in, in all that time, the 90s, what if Grant Hill would have done that? Mm-hmm. I mean, his parents, are, they were affluent. They were very intelligent. Um, but what if he had gone somewhere like Howard? You know, how cool would that have been?
0: It, it would have set the tone, but I guarantee you Howard would have probably been on probation immediately after he signed.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Or the other one we used to um, j- joke about is like, uh, w- what if someone like Stackhouse would have gone to Central? It, it just, Just could you imagine that? Something like that. Or if you go to A and which I wouldn't want to see, but the, that, the it just it took all the racial injustices to come to light mm-hmm. to make that change or to make it cool. I mean, think yeah. about your situation. You got to see the you got to see both worlds: the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, with now the way the media is, technology. If you're good, you're good. Period. If you're good, you're good. You're gonna play eleven games against those schools anyway. So it's it's all about your talent. If you're good, they will find you. I mean, shoot, what's 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 your guy's name that plays for um, Portland that went to Tennessee State?
0: Oh, dang, dang, dang!
1: But oh. you see, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's
1: carved out a ten-plus year career. Mm-hmm. So it's just just it's, it's for me it's it's always been about talent. I think about Ben Wallace and people like that. It, it's oh. all about it's it's about talent. I, I don't want to let. Uh, going to a PWI you know change anything uh, about it I mean so anyway so
0: the crazy thing is now my mindset is so I don't know if you saw this clip on YouTube from a while ago yeah Paul Pierce right he was playing for I think the Clippers right and this is how I always like try to tell student athletes with PWIs and HBCUs so Draymond Green is like chastising Paul Pierce, like, man, you thought they loved you? You thought you was going to be that Kobe love? <laughs> and so that's kind of what I think about when I think about like PWIs and our Black athletes, like, man, they don't love you like you think they do. Like, they really don't, but uh, I'll let you have it.
1: <laughs> you're, you're being used to a certain extent, but I mean, I, I get it. And, and if some people, you know... This is my way to getting where I want to go. Then I'm going to use it, and so I, I don't. I don't knock. It's every. It's every individual's decision. But uh, for me, it was a great. I, I wouldn't trade my four years in undergrad North Carolina Central for anything in the world.
0: Anything. And and so this this leads me to my next question. This is probably the first time I've ever really been able to ask somebody this, right? And so, athletics and Greek life, right? They don't always mesh well together. <laughs> so. What was your experience like and just how did you know that you kind of wanted to be become involved in Greek life?
1: Um, you know what? For me, obviously, you know, the, the brotherhood, camaraderie things like you, you, you I, I, was, I could get that anyway with my teammates because you're around them so much. The dudes are like your brothers, man. That, that, that is the absolute truth. Um, but I think when you think about, you know, uh, fraternities, you're talking about the achievement and life after college, um, mm. those connections, the the, the professional connections, um, the, the the part about giving back to your community, um, the part about being a leader in your in society, those type of things are, are kind of what kind of motivated me and pushed me. Uh, as I mentioned, my father was, my father's a Q, um, my mother's a Delta, my brother's a Q, my sister, oh! a so <laughs> you know. I was, but, but that, so my, when I went to college, my father was, my father had plans for me to be a Q, but my first day on the yard, um, I had a first cousin who was a Kappa, and he, he told me, before I went to college, he said, you'll never be a Q, I guarantee you that, and I didn't know no better, but my first day on campus I had like a little probate show, you know, some, you know, some of the Greeks out there welcoming the freshmen, that type of thing, and I, I saw the Qs come out, and I saw the alphas, and I saw the noops, and I was like, oh, well, that's me right there. <laughs> right there so it was one of those things and then um we had a couple of uh that played basketball um and things like that so um you know in in many regards you're right it doesn't really match from a standpoint of there's only so many hours of a day and and you know what i'm saying so you're talking about all the activities that come along with being really in greek life because if you're not you're going to wear the letters and do it right, and you got to involve yourself. You know, there's, there's God rights. There's so much community service. We had our meetings, um, like, every third Sunday. And so all those things I knew I had to be responsible for. And at the same time, it was also good. My coach was Greek, too.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: So that, that also, he understood some of that stuff. Now, he didn't let us out of practice for anything or let us go early for anything, but he kind of understood that whole piece. And in my line, brother, I grew up playing tense with him. So, you know, we were roommates too. So we kind of went through that process together. And then we had another guy on a team who pledged Alpha the same year we all did. So we, we all went through it together and it was really cool. But I would say naturally, nah, it's only so many hours. It doesn't really mesh because, you know, you up all night doing what we do, <laughs> learning and things like that. And then you have class in the morning and my coach kind of figured it out. He, you know, you could see us like a slow drag at three o'clock. Like, what have you guys been doing all night long? You know, he, and that's what he knew, he knew that we were, knew what we were doing. So, but I, I would say from that standpoint, just because of time management and all you have going on, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily perfectly match well, but I will say this, every tennis team we played, it seemed like somebody had a, somebody Greek on their team too. Mm. So it, it's all about the individual and how, you know, you manage your time well and uh, a guy that I wanted to be like, he was from Hampton my freshman year, it was his senior year, and he was a new from Baltimore. And he was the only brother on the team. They had a whole, all international team. They were top five in the country. He was the only brother. And for me, I was like, wow, how's he doing it? How did, how did he pledge? How's he playing on his team? They're, they're all California. How's he, how's he managing mm. this? So I, I knew it could be done.
0: Mm. Now I'm trying to think. It's, it's interesting because now your dad was a cue and, and you- <laughs> I'm just imagining that conversation. Like, I feel like that was definitely a conversation.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. My father said, I'm not paying. He just, he just said, I'm not paying for the S-H-I-T. That was, that, was <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was it. So I called my cousin, who was a nuke, and, you know, I got, I got taken care of. But that was the only thing my father said. And my brother, he was right behind me, and he was going to school in Morgan. So my dad was like, he wanted to go 0 for 2. Hmm. Gonna
0: go over it's well it's so crazy because he was like yeah you know I'm, I'm there and the first day on the yard i see him and that and it was my experience that was just like my experience like i transferred to central uh you know i got there in that spring semester and again i'm coming from a pwi so all i know is like if we play sports we're it and yep. next thing, you know i'm thinking like why is the band getting so much love <laughs> and then i was like uh i saw like the greek life and then i'm in the cab it's on a wednesday so you know it's out the door there's a dj in there and i remember i saw the cappers uh stroll yeah i was thinking like yep i don't know who they are but i'm with them
1: <laughs> yeah i'm with them yeah yeah it's, it's not hard uh, you know it's kind of like that uh kind of like surreal moment yourself like oh yeah I like that 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 to me, right there you can't really um it's, it's hard to explain but you just know when you know you know, when know you know when it you all, all it
0: all made sense all my life people been just been like you know I was cool with the hoopers but it was like I don't necessarily fit in with y'all because I'm always you always a fine soul because I don't like looking raggedy all the time <laughs> you know <always, laughs> it's just cuz I look like I want to look nice from it's like there's a problem but uh yeah that was uh to clean up man you gotta clean up <laughs> that was that yeah that's that's dope man I, I always like uh you know asking especially former athletes that were Greek because it can be uh it can be difficult because my coach he wasn't Greek and so you know I tried to I, I smooth tried to run it by one time and I didn't really get the response that I wanted so I was like okay I'm gonna just keep this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so just now I've topic so who was your coach? Uh, so- my coach was uh Henry Dickerson it was right before oh, okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm not telling anybody. I didn't tell uh, Miss Ingrid. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. I was so like, but people were looking at me like, what's wrong with you I was Like, uh, this is a rough semester.
1: <laughs> Deprivation. I'll be fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, yep. And so I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Mr. Worthy that worked there? Were of course. You? Okay. Of course. Okay.
1: Danny Worthy, and obviously his son too. Mm-hmm. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, uh, that that was a uh, tough funeral to go to. But let me tell you something. My my first job. At Arkansas Pine Bluff was because of Danny Worthy. Mm. We were we were both assistant ads. Uh, this was he was on his third job, third career. Basically, this was his retirement job
0: because mm.
1: he 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 had done it all. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Danny was playing ball then. But the thing was, he um, he got called about an AD job, at Arkansas Pine Bluff, mm. and he was like, "Look, I got a young brother here, uh, my counterpart." he would be great and um the, the, he was talking one of his buddies that they worked together they both were on a board together in texas and that uh, they called me and i never looked back since then but it was danny worthy that made the connection for me
0: and that's he he was somebody that i really underappreciated man I just yeah knew him but i just really i could have really took more time and just kind of like picked his brain
1: but Awesome, ah uh, man, I, I truly miss him, man. Um, he was a really good brother, man. Um, and he worked hard. He loved Central. Um, and and the, and the interesting thing was, I, I remember um, having a chance to hang out with him and his brother, the great James Worthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just how down to earth and cool both of those guys were, man. They were just really two cool cats, man. I, I talked to them I like I knew them all my life, man. They they were just mm-hmm. really, yep, yep. They did. really, really, he good. definitely people. had that
0: kind of personality to them. Yes. And so as you finished up your athletic career, right, did you know immediately like what you wanted to do or did you kind of have any issues as far as like, you know, with your identity as far as transitioning to kind of life after sports?
1: Well, I put like this, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, so that, that <laughs> was never, you know, an, an issue per se, but I, I knew it was going to be in higher ed. Hmm. And in my eventual, goal I always wanted to be a chance from an HBCU. And I found, I, I figured that out probably like my junior year in college, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know what, like what my niche was gonna be. Was it gonna be from the professor side? Um, you know, was it gonna be from, um, I would say the, um, you know, the classroom side, uh, the provost ranks. Um, you know, you looked at a time when there was a lot of lawyers that were becoming chancellors, kind of like the great uh, Julius Chambers. I didn't know what, how how to even do it or how it was gonna work. But athletics being a GA was a natural fit for me. Um, mm. It was just a great fit. But obviously, I didn't think I was going to become come from being a um, athlete to being a you know a president or a chancellor. But um, the one thing I did learn quickly from you know talking and, and working with you know just asking people to hire at all the time was that he uh, you can raise money or generate revenue, there's a place for you. So that's kind of where I started getting into the um, the fundraising or friend raising type of thing. That that's kind of where, where I thought my niche would be coming through there.
0: Okay, uh, and then so that's kind of um, that's that's one thing that you know I it's like I kind of stole from you from afar, right? I always watched as far as you know you work your way up from the collegiate level and you're good at building relationships. But is there a key to being able to like go into a space? and you're instantly everyone's best friend, right? And so, yeah. I mean, that is, so I would watch, I was thinking like, man, he's always on the go, like ripping and running, but when he talks to you, he's like, literally, he's talking to you. Like, you're the only person in the room. And I feel like that's a, the unique talent that you kind of have to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta be able to look people in the eye and, and engage with them. And, and I think, you know, some things have come natural and I think just being able to treat people as people, it doesn't matter to me if they, young, old, white, black, that just, whatever their background is, just being able to communicate and, and interact with people. You know, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of always on. You know, that's mm. just, you know, it's just the way I've always been. But um, I, like I said, at a, at a young age in the game, I figured out the person that brings in the funds or they can, um, you know, support your program, find different ways, those are the ones that are gonna do well. So it, it Morgan, every school that I've been at, you know, whether it's a dean or whoever's a director when you're able to tell them, look, I'm looking forward to working with you. We're gonna collaborate. We're gonna raise this money, or we're gonna go after this grant, or you know, this sponsor right here. This is perfect for us. You know, people love that, especially with coaches, man. That was the other thing too. Being a mm-hmm. development officer at Central, we were trying to make that transition. You know, I was like, look, Coach Hayes is serious. He believes that every coach should raise money. And I'd be like, well, how do we do it? I'm a softball coach. We don't. We don't have this end up like. Look, you have former players that are alums. Let's get them to start getting involved in the program and getting them start to starting to give, okay? We know every person who graduated from a softball program. Let's reach out to them. Let's make a friend. Let's send them all hats. Something like that. Let's get going, man. Let them feel wanted. So, you know, each sport, we just worked with them, man. You know, so, and coaches appreciate that. It's no different from a dean, no different from a director or a professor. They all the same way. Well, talk about dean from the schools of mathematics. They're like, you know, we don't have, rich alums we don't have like well hold on we know who your alums are let's reach out let let them see what what's happening in the program things like that you know so it comes to grants let's talk about what the black mathematicians are doing in the community so things like that every anyone anyone can almost raise money you have to make the effort you have to make the effort like you know like anyone you got to connect with alums and work with people so it it could be done
0: You'd be surprised how one of them little free t-shirts, I love how far that went.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I love a free t-shirt, man. Give me that going thing. <laughs> it'd be one wash. It'd be gone, but it's just, it's just- Hey, that's all right, man. Give me my shirt, man. Make me feel wanted. Please. Yep. Give me my okay. shirt.
0: And, that, and that's something I always, uh. so the fact, you know, you said that, like, hey, if you can raise money, you, you can have a job. And then uh, I heard someone say, too, like, you know, if you're, you work your way up in these higher ed positions, you know, always make you so you make sure you have a guy that's good with financial aid. <laughs> and so
1: yeah. yeah. And and two, what's interesting too, Drew, is some of these positions, which is interesting, some folks get in them and sit in them forever. <laughs> that's another <sighs> thing too. Um, <laughs> which I've seen over the years, is, is and and you know what? And that, that's not a bad thing if that person is adjusting. Uh, uh, you know, embracing the times. You know, moving forward, technology, willing to work with old alums, new alums, the mature alums, those type of things. It, it, what, what only thing that bothers me is a person, who sits in a position and won't adjust, won't make any changes. So I've been doing it for thirty years, it's supposed to be done for now. Well, guess what? Thirty years ago, did you know what was really? Come on, man. Thirty years ago. Mm. So I'm not saying it's bad, but you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wiggle a little bit. You mm. have to. Oh,
0: that's- that's good that you said that because I remember um, hearing you speak previously about like, you gotta be able to pivot, you gotta be able to adjust, but you just you you just can't stay that the same, we're not doing that, <laughs> we're, not, we're not in that right now, but uh, that's definitely uh, one thing I can tell just from listening to you talk, just about your vision and stuff. And so uh leads to my next question. So what's the first thing that went through your mind when you saw that name, Image and Lightness get passed?
1: So a, a mixed emotional thing. So the only thing that, that, that still scares me and bothers me about it is, will it separate the haves and have-nots? That's the only thing that, that makes me a little nervous. Um, overall, I'm cool with it because I, I like the opportunities it'll give for student athletes, and I don't think pay-per-play is ever going to happen. So yeah. if this is the closest thing we have to it, I'm cool with it. But the only thing I'm scared of Like the kid from Alabama, a million dollars, and he ain't even played one minute. So that's never going to happen at an HBCU, in my opinion. That's not going to happen. You know what? Let's not say that. That's never going to happen at an FCS school, period. BCS school, yeah. but That's not going to happen at Moorhead State. That's not going to happen anywhere like that. So I think the gap between BCS schools and FCS schools could widen. Mm -hmm. And I also think some nefarious characters can capitalize on this because really and truthfully, how can you stop a booster now from getting a kid a half million dollars to come speak about his car lot? So that's the only, like I said, I was happy because I thought Edo O'Ban, I thought the abandoned brothers were dead right when they got on this case. And um, I'm glad to know there are some like Masterpiece Son. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping there's some more kids of color in some smaller schools, black and brown boys and girls, men and women, that can capitalize off it. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't have the answer for you. And that's why I hope that they'll utilize social media for what it's worth. So this is where I'm like, hey, man, you get as many likes and hits as you can get on your various platforms, because that's what's going to help with the Fortune 500 companies that might say, okay, I got a kid at NC State. I got a kid at Central. But the kid at Central has this many followers. The kid Mm -hmm. at NC State has – so they're both playing – Let's say they're both playing tennis, but this kid is central, has half a million followers. This kid only has a hundred thousand. So who mm-hmm. do I want to go with? Yep. That's fair if it comes down to that.
0: And that was so when I when I saw Get Pat, I was really happy. So there's a guy from A&T. he got like half a mil. And really, good for him. I'm, I'm excited for him, but like, like the kid from Alabama is about to get a million, hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> And like you also said too, like so you're gonna have like these characters come out of nowhere. They um at Michigan, they kind of they uh license the whole team basically as far as like jersey sales. So let's say for instance, good um if they're they get like ten percent or ten dollars on every jersey sale, they get like a company on campus did that. But who's a booster can't just purchase? I want a million of my quarterback's jerseys, (laughs) and he gets he gets like ninety percent of that. Like how can you is.
1: You can't, but you know what Drew, they don't have the answers for all this, but the pressure was so strong once it got to that higher court. It was so strong and everyone knew that there's no way you could stop these young people from making money off their name, image and likeness because you've been killing us. Let's remember something, the Fab Five, all those dudes should have been millionaires 20 years ago. Just mm-hmm. think about that. They sold, and I remember watching a documentary on the Fab Five. And you heard you heard Jalen Rose talking about how there was no jerseys in the bookstore. They they you know have the black socks. Nike should have paid them. So they changed. They they created a whole different image. So Alan Allen Iverson number three jersey from the Hoyas. Come on, mm-hmm. I didn't, if you didn't if you didn't see somebody wearing that every day, where were you at? Did yep. you didn't see somebody rocking that number three? So he missed out on that boat. But I, I, I just think that. They had to do something. They don't have all the answers, but I, I, I'm not sure if you saw this, but Mark Emmerich, he made a statement saying that recently that the NCAA, they're, they're fundamentally, they're buying some fundamental changes as they move forward. And I'm like, oh, now you want to say that? <laughs> you're you're so late.
0: I think, the, honestly, I could really see like March Madness really kind of just dying out because I could see this turning into... So, remember what AAU was growing up for us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's completely really different now as far as you got EYBL, you got the doc. Yeah. I can really see it, this really transforming into okay, Nike's having a tournament. Adidas is having this tournament. It's a national tournament. All the Nike schools are getting together because really, you don't really need the NCAA anymore. Like, it's just.
1: Nope. And they're nervous about that. And another thing, too, their rules are so convoluted. They change every day. They can't even put in a book anymore. They got to put it online. And the problem I have with their APR rules is they affect us the most mm-hmm. because you you have we make up seven percent of the NCAA Division One, but yet we represent thirty percent of the toughest penalties every year, and it's all mm-hmm. due to the fact that they have not funded us properly for academic support, where Notre Dame has an academic advisor for every student, every student. Now it might be a graduate student, but they have an ac- they have an academic advisor for every student. There's some, there some HBCU programs that might have three for a whole damn program.
0: Yep, hey. <laughs> I was an intern at one of them, so.
1: So you get it, so I mean, they, they have not put the time and money, they those little grants they get, those little success, that, that's, that's, that's BS. They, they could easily put the time and the energy and the money into that, they 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 could endow positions all across the board um, for it, but um, I, I the NCAA I think there will always be a place for them, but their some of their some of their roles and, and how they have manipulated intercollegiate athletics is, is going to be changing.
0: Oh yeah, because you saw this year if you look at it, the top three picks, right? You have who Anthony Edwards, he went came from Georgia, but they were horrible. James Madison played twelve games the Ball didn't even play anywhere. It was no, like no. you should probably try to find some kind of way to where you could at least capitalize on them. You got to change it around somehow.
1: Or, or, or what are they going to do eventually? Say basketball and football operate autonomously, and all the other <laughs> sports are NCAA. They, they don't. They have no clue. Um, it, it's changing so fast, and I think with um, social media, and I think more importantly with that landmark case things were going to change and I don't I don't think we're anywhere done for what it's going to be I mean let's be honest if if the power five schools said we're done with the NCAA and said we're going to do our own model guess what there would be no NCAA yep there would there would be none so um I I I think a lot of folks in Indianapolis um are are shaking in their boots because they got to figure some things out
0: and uh, so, Kapo, now we always talk when this was starting to come down, we were like, okay, all these, you know, the, the male sports, right? But we were like, hey, well, be on the lookout for these women's sports. So just imagine uh, the track girl, I think Richardson. Just yes. imagine what she could be doing right now, at LSU. Oh, she broke all the records her freshman year. And yeah. so, if you imagine track women's college basketball is like, that's so huge. They got some followers yeah so I'm, I'm 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 happy to see what they're really about to do and so think about this this kind of goes to our next question roy williams retires coach mm-hmm. is on his uh he's on his, his his farewell tour how do you see power five coaches adjusting to this whole name image and likeness thing factoring like you got the transfer portal and just think about this <laughs> you relinquish you, some of that power but just think about like, you see Tom Izzo talking to guys on the tournament and, and like this, like going to commercial breaks, screaming at guys, yelling at guys. So how do you think they're gonna have to adjust to that power dynamic? The the,
1: the good ones will be fine. Um, the, the ones that, like you say, um, are stuck in their ways and, and and you can't improvise or can't adjust, it's gonna be tough sledding for them because the, the day when I when I was in college, a coach could MF you all day, all night long, and it wasn't a daggone thing you could do or going to do. Nowadays, you MF these kids, guess what? You've lost them, and you will not get them back. And if you notice now, one player can help overturn the whole team, and the coach will be gone. It's just been fortunate. So some of those coaches you named, they were such an institution in itself, you couldn't move them. But now that dynamic is changing like no other. So you're going to have to have that professional coach mentality because guess what some of these kids are going to tell like Tom Izzo I'm making half a million a year anyway so you sit me on the bench there whatever you want to do so th- that's where it's going to get interesting but I said once again I'm going to say I-, I think the coaches that um, treat student athletes like people that are willing to work with them um, that, that are willing to communicate with them the right way will we'll be fine but the, the the day of the old of treating student athletes like property or MF and them to death and and you know you do it my way or the highway there, there's got to be some type of uh uh you know dialogue a little bit of a back and forth but to work together and i think also the student athletes had to be bring it to, bring it to the forefront the right way too because mm-hmm. it still is a respect for that position piece too but i i think the coaches that can adapt that are truly people person, they're willing to work with people um being good with the x's and o's Will not make you successful in the intercollegiate athletic environment you got to do a little bit more you're going to have yeah. to do more than that so Doing the should, game is not enough
0: you can you could appreciate this can you remember rodney rogers of course there was course. a guy on my college team that was built like rodney rogers and we were in a shell drill so you know shell hmm. I had an opportunity to take a charge of the guy coming down the lane like that in my freshman year i'm not playing i'm <laughs> hmm. coming and the guy didn't like me anyway so i was like oh move right on out the way coach blew the whistle threw you a mother effing you better do it and i and, and in my mind I never thought to like yo I know he ain't talking to me like this I'm I'm a, I was thinking I went back to the locker room like man I'm down like how can I get I need to I
1: need to apologize to coach <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I made him cuss me out. I made him cuss me out. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm sorry, that is not about to happen these days. No, 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 no. Why are you talking like that? Um, mm-hmm. why are you cussing at me? That that those those days are over, um, mm-hmm. over. So the individual that can adjust and still bring the fire out of you, that can still cuss but not cuss the whole team, not not cuss you out. There's a mm-hmm. right and a wrong way to do everything. And uh, you know, I was forced. My coaching, co- my college coach, he didn't cuss. Mm. So, but I mean, you know, I think you no, know I'm sorry, he cussed one time, and that was because I made him cuss. They say, but anyway. <laughs> but, but but um, the, the individuals that can adjust and adapt will be perfectly fine. Those mm. that can't will be left by the wayside because um, you see now athletic directors, administrators they're not going to fall on the sword for coaches anymore that that, that can't treat people like humans and be respectful. This is not going to anymore. And uh, we've both seen, look at all the different cases you've seen over the last five years of coaches leaving and things like that. So anytime you see a coach leave early and he has a good record, I can probably put, is a student athlete coach incident somewhere that we don't know about that it's obviously private. I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) That this is something that uh it's not a lot that bothers me but it kind of made me think like man i kind of feel bad for that guy i'm not a left fan right i like everything he did i was like yeah get him get him out of here <laughs> but the president who wasn't even there anymore who had yeah. left he has to resign and he was like i wanted to get rid of him the board wouldn't let me i do never- <laughs> topic, but like, how do you deal with something like that?
1: <laughs> hey, man, I, I've been in, I've I've seen, my 10 years being an athletic director, I, I've probably seen it all. I mean, I've seen so many different funky scenarios where, and you know, as, as the times went on, you know, part of me would be like, you know, man, I love this coach. He or she is great, but there's no way we're going to take this legal or PR hit because, you can't control your emotions hmm. and i hear what you're saying but i got six student athletes a trainer that say else why <laughs> so what do you want me to do is you co- I, I mean you know what i mean coach I, you know what so you know and I, was, I used to tell coaches sometimes i would say look let me tell you something about coaches these student athletes are not your friends this is not a peer-to-peer relationship here okay now, what I'm saying, I'm not saying don't be respectful, don't be courteous, don't, don't be curt. I'm not saying that, but remember, they are not your friends. Now, when they graduate, hey, y'all can be friends, can be first name, but right now, that's not the relationship you have. You're trying to get the best out of them academically, athletically, you know, socially, all those things. You're not going to do this by cussing them out, degrading them, demeaning them sleeping with them all mm-hmm. those things only make the problem big. the small problem you have even bigger and for those that can't you those that can't understand that they, they won't do well and I've, I've seen so many different situations where you know the students go in there and they take recorded coach doing xyz i'm like coach i, I just saw the i just saw the dad going video i'm like first of all how you don't see the kid holding the damn phone up first of all <laughs> but yeah
0: Man, it's it's so interesting you, you said that because so I'm in a role now to where I do have a staff like working for me and working under me. And like you said, like, hey man, these students, they're not your friends. And we're not saying that to be mean. So I had to tell like they were trying to plan this like event form and da-da-da. And I was like, Yeah, that, that sounds great. But have you done XYZ as far as you have to plan for the worst case scenario? Because you're trying to do all these great things for students and yeah, they love it, but the moment something goes wrong, <laughs> they're going to come for you. <laughs> like they, and I was like, they're not your friend. That, that like, it's, it's you hate to paint it like it's us versus them, but it's like, you have to kind of come with that mindset, like what can go wrong? And how can I circumvent that jump? And it's like, it's it, like you said, it takes a different person to kind of realize that and kind of funnel that energy. But uh, it was, it's just, it makes me think I'm not the crazy guy for bringing that up in a meeting.
1: <laughs> no, no. And, and, and think about this real quick. Think about the uh, coaches, administrators, or um, professors you had. The ones that you respected, the ones that you really liked. Was it the one you were, there was a pushover and did whatever you told me to do? Or the one that looked you out and shot you straight? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and, and I'll, I'm gonna say this. My, my coach in college was um, uh, uh, on us like white right on rice. And man... If you said his name, I'd be like, "Oh Lord, man, I don't want to hear this dude's name right now." But you know what? That dude wanted to be in my one of my best friends in the world was in my wedding, so you know, <laughs> you know, so I I, I appreciated that. But I, I'm a military brother. That, that tough love only motivated me. But um, and I, I laugh at my son sometimes because he's had a couple different coaches that were hard on him because they wanted him to uh, uh, commit, do more. Uh, things like that, and I was. I said to myself, "Man, you could never play in my generation, never, because you might go home crying every day, man." These, these mm-hmm. I, I played with some tough coaches, man. Some real straight shooters, and um, you know, I went to military school at a young age, so I was used to someone in my face cussing me out. I, I got used to it. But our generation now, it's got to be a little different. It's gonna have to be.
0: It's so funny you said. So I we talked all earlier offline about uh, Marcus and how you knew Mark. And so he was actually assistant coach when I was playing there, right? And so okay, yeah, yeah. And you you bring his name up and I'm like, oh man. So, uh, the backtrack. So growing up, you know, Marcus to me was kind of like MJ, right? And he was he was Jordan and he was like Marcus Graham from Boomerang. <laughs> and so, and so he was the two. And so, you know, of course, you know, I'm playing under him now. And so maybe you bring like, oh man, come. coach. And like you said, that that hard, tough love. He's his thing was, hey man, you can't BS a BSer, <laughs> so I can't I, do it. like you can't do it.
1: Can't
0: do it. So it's just always funny now to hear those stories about just like that tough love segment. So it's it all comes full circle. So, it's yes. stuff. and so now you transition over to academic affairs side now. So where do you see kind of like higher education going? I'd say the next five to ten years as being able to provide that still that still provide that college experience for students. And so the reason I ask that is because I teach a freshman seminar course, right? have students come in. And so we were coming to school on our dorm floor or or where we stayed. You had a barber. You had somebody that did hair. Yep. And now you have students. I've literally seen it who have like lash lines. And (laughs) I'll see young ladies who who do hair, right? But they don't like just do hair. They have like the whole salon set up. Braiding
1: everything, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, and they'll have like a vendor that they use to like ship out hair and yeah. these things. And so I'm feeling like, how do we still provide that that higher education uh, experience and just like, hey, you still need this?
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I think that's one of the beautiful things I, I see HBCUs now. Now that you know it's cool to go to HBCU, or, or, or now that it's cool. To be a Fortune 500 company and supporting HBCUs, I, I see. I'm gonna come from H. I'm gonna answer a question from an HBCU component. I, I see us just getting bigger and better, personally. And I also think that, as you mentioned, um, young ladies now. Um, there was a girl I remember did hair, like you said, on a on a floor. But the thing is now, I, I think they're just more sophisticated with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I think they're more resilient. Um, you know, I, I, I see that every day, not just with my kids, but being on college campus, like first thing you do is who cuts hair on this? Who cuts, who cuts hair? You know, I, I see it now being one of those things where they just use social media to promote it and, mm-hmm. and things like that. The, the, our generations are a little different, but I, I just see the HBCU environment growing and growing and growing.
0: Mm. And
1: I, I, that's just, just my opinion. Um, I think what we'll see soon is an HBCU that is a full tier one research institution you know I, I think now we'll see hbcus that are competing with other state pwis for the best and brightest academic students plain and simple you know that that's a big that's a that's an interesting piece where back in the day howard would get the best scholars from alabama and then alabama university of alabama started wanting to get them well why, why can't alabama state get them Mm -hmm. i i think there's you know we have to go ahead and take advantage of the situation the way the world is now and the fact that we're are finally getting our due well we have to run with it we Mm -hmm. we can't be one of those things where you know i i was i'm at a um online uh symposium all week for hbcus and philanthropy and we're talking about you know everyone everyone admitted the faucets were just flooding last year it was just flowing i mean i mean we, we got so many unsolicited gifts it was coming was right, like seventy million dollars last year, and HP, its unreal. How do we sustain that? How do we keep that going? Because some of the corporate dollars will run off. You know, some people are going to care about the social injustice. You know, a year from now. So what we have to do is take advantage of the situation we have. Yeah, you put that money in endowment, you grow, and for us at Morgan, we put some of that on the side in endowment, and we said, if you endow a professorship for half a million. Well, we'll take this half million and make it a million. So being creative, stretching that dollar and growing that dollar. And I, I think we have to take advantage of all the love we're getting right now from being an HBCU. We have to run with that, man. We really, really do. And I, I forgot the young lady's name that didn't get tenure at UNC. Oh. And wound up going to Howard. Kudos to her. And let's, let's be honest. That's not the first time that has happened. I won't believe that. So, you know, kudos to her. And I i, I, I know there's more situations like that. And um, if this would have happened to her five years ago, we probably never would have heard about it.
0: I was so happy for her. In the back of my mind, I was thinking like, as soon as she got denied that tenure, she wasn't coming there. Like, as far as like, when they all escalated, I was like, yeah, she, I was so happy for her. Like, yeah.
1: I was too. I was too, man. I, I didn't, and I didn't know she was going to how I was like, wherever she goes, good for her. She went to a, 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 a you know, a great institution. But I, I look forward to us, you know, because H, H, institutions of higher education are, are judged on, you know, research dollars and things like that, fundraising dollars. I mean, you know, money makes the world go round. So guess what? This situation right now is really giving us a boost. But it has nothing to do with the last 40, 50 years of oppression and what we've dealt with. You know, there's no way that Mackenzie Scott's $40 dollars $40 is gonna make I mean, it's gonna make Morgan right. Mm. What she did was from the kindness of her heart, but we've been held back so long at Morgan and the other state schools that even that settlement we got from the state of Maryland, that's still not enough. That still mm. doesn't. Put us on an even playing field when you're running when you've been running the 400 meter dash you know, the 40 meter dash that, that circle how it's staggered the person in lane eight's already out there well mm-hmm. guess what they're running it but they're running it straight away they are in a, They're already in lane eight so guess what they take 10 steps and they cross the finish line we mm-hmm. are in lane one it's staggered and we got farther to go so mm-hmm. they're not even putting us on the even playing field yet so the money we've gotten this great year, we would need 40 years of that, mm-hmm. even to be at the same starting place. Just, to stay, you know what I mean? So we're getting there, but uh, I'd like to see the momentum stay the same. I know it's going to be some peaks and valley, but I think that what's going to help us the most, HBCUs, we've got to continue that, get those research dollars and be this competitive that way. And we have to continue to generate revenue and raise more money uh because that's what it's all based on but then also remember system schools state schools the system decides what majors you have and what majors you're not going to have so mm-hmm. don't get it confused if there's some majors at central that we want to compete with carolina the unc system is never going to let you <laughs> have that so i mean it's just it's like, I, think
0: about now I gotta i gotta ask you a curveball question this, this sure. just came to me so no you, know, you kind of you you have those aspirations to be a chancellor and so you know, you're a chancellor, right? Boom. Okay. We're back to in-person after it been about a year, year and a half on the pandemic. Noticing what things have kind of worked, what things have not worked. What's your mindset? Okay. What can you take going back into that in-person environment, but like still keep from you're virtual but also to like make it work?
1: You know what? I've, I've always been under the production-based model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, 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 as, I don't want to speak out both sides of my mouth and say, if it doesn't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, but in this instance right here, certain people have to be on campus. If you're front facing, you're front facing. I, I can't help it if you were home for a year and you did great. You work in student affairs, so we need you on <laughs> campus. I'm sorry, <laughs> you. We're a student first institution, so you mm-hmm. got to come back on campus. You know what I mean? That that would be one of my things. I, I think of the way the pros and the cons, and you have to remember that the institutes of higher education, one of the most important things uh, is being on your own, being in college, making those decisions, making those choices, falling and getting back up. And you can't do that sitting at home in your room going to school every day. You need the interaction. You need to have some adversity. You need to have some bumps in the road. Um, you know, I had a pre- chancellor at Pine Bluff used to always say he loved when those kids with freshmen first came on campus. And he would tell them, There's a liquor store on every corner, there's a church on every corner. Your mom and dad will not be coming to get you out of bed, knocking on your door, telling you which one to go to. That would be <laughs> on you. And I, I think that those type of um, situations are the reason that you know, we gotta have some of the old a part of higher education but then some of the news is important too you know what i mean so i don't think every class every component has to be in person monday wednesday and friday at nine i think the professor can easily get away and say we're going to be on face-to-face monday and friday wednesday we're going to do this online and you to say i think you could i think you, i think we can have the best of both worlds just on the right way now then again there's certain labs. Now, nah, I want you in this diagonal lab. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're a medical student, I don't need you trying to learn how to do certain things from your goddamn home room. So you gotta be smart about this. I mean, yeah, I mean, but um, I think we have to continue. Hey, man, the the presidents that that uh, you know embrace change, um, the presidents that handle adversity well, the, the presidents that are, um, and honestly, I'm gonna be very frank, they can do it all are the ones that are successful. You don't have a luxury of being a president chance, or just saying, I do this, I do this well, this is all I do. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they know a little bit about everything and then they still have other professionals to help them along the way. And, uh, you know, that, you know I, 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 I find it very interesting that people that have to be the smartest person in the room It usually isn't the smartest person in the room, the person that thinks they are. But, you know, because you got to hire good people around you too. So for me, if I was a chancellor, the first thing I'd want to do, I'd want to have the best provost. I'd hire the best provost I can because I know that's an area. Yeah, I've I've taught in a classroom before, but I've never been a dean. Mm. and I've never been a chairperson. You know, I've never been a provost. So I'd want, and I I know about academics, of course, but to that level of regard, I want to know that I have the best. I want my number two to be the best at that,
0: Ooh.
1: and have that confidence to know that I don't have to look over my shoulder every day too. But <laughs> I, I want a good, strong person right here with me because that—that's not my strength per se. Mm. But I, I want someone there that's strong, so I'm always confident there.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I I, I I love that answer. I just because I've uh, I've heard different people as far as that that number two and like just knowing their reasons behind it. It's always really fascinating to me just to kind of know how to like, you know, construct your board, right? Build your team. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> and you know what? I break it down to the, the analogy of uh, football. You know, you have the head coach that has been, that's been an officer, the coordinator, all his life, all, you know, offense, offense. Would you think he would hire an average or just any defensive coordinator? <laughs> no, he's going to hire the best. And, and for the offensive side, you know, he might hire a court, office coordinator but he might be the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just depends. You know, you, you play to your strengths. You know what I mean? So I I don't I don't get that. I mean, like I said, the smartest person in the room usually doesn't, doesn't have to tell you who's the smartest person in the room. He or she usually just is and you know it.
0: <laughs> yep. And so it's my last question here, and it's has uh, been a great conversation. And so what's what's one piece of advice that you would give to like current student athletes who are getting ready to dive into this new era of just name, image, and likeness?
1: I would tell them, and, and I heard uh, Quavo, Quavo was called up, your, what's the, code? oh, called Kirby's Martin, uh, Georgia, and um, I, I'm paraphrasing, but do your due diligence on anyone you are thinking about being affiliated with. Do your homework. Just because you get a call from someone that says, I'm going to give you $25,000, 55000 um, to use your name, image, and likeness. They need to do your due diligence because guess what? You're connected with them now, okay? So, and there will be a paper trail of this. So you should do your research on them just like they did their research on you. And Mm -hmm. all money is not good money. Who you associate with, who you are affiliated with, who you are connected with, you don't just get to cut that whenever you want to. And once you sign that dotted line, that's a contract. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope that, these young students, and I I know they're eager to make money. I mean, they're hungry, I I get it. It, it, I I didn't know many rich students in college, (laughs) did not know any, so I I get it. But I I hope they will take the time to do their research and do the diligence of anyone they're gonna affiliate with professionally, because that's what you're doing now. This is professional. This isn't like the Nike contract where we're getting free shoes, we get some gear, we get some swag. No, 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 no. This is a contract with you, and said in the um, company and you are connected with them and you don't want to just do it with anybody you know um so I, I would hope that they would take the time do their research and be properly informed and ask the tough questions
0: i heard i heard this funny kind of statement I was listening to a podcast with uh, Bumani jones i really i really like him so he's uh yeah i like him too yeah <laughs> they're like i guess the one good thing from this is you know coaches don't really have to worry about you know checking guys twitter to make sure they are saying the wrong things or you know comment on the wrong things because if they're endorsed by somebody you know hey if they're endorsed with a steak company you know who likes steaks everybody <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and so that was like the one like i was like okay and then the one thing i heard you say in class that made me laugh you were like you know what I'm a student that uh Morgan State gets a million-dollar endorsement deal. You know the first thing I'm doing? I'm walking right up to him I'm saying, congratulations. Would
1: you like to make Would you like to make a donation? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, th- this is a tax write-off, buddy. And th- that's another thing, too. And another thing, too, I think these kids have to realize just because you got $50,000, there's taxes, my friend. We're not going to give you 50000 cash. This is the real world now. So you need to understand about investing. You need to understand about paying Uncle Sam, things like that. So there's a bigger picture of this that Come on, man. 18, 19, 20. We weren't even thinking about, you know, that, that, think about that first real check you had that $2,000 went down to like $1,200, $1, dollars You were like, what the, where's this going? Who is this FICA guy? Who is this? So they need to be prepared for that.
0: You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about that first I nine form you fill out. And I'm just oh, like, no. <laughs> doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's real, man. It, it's real. But I, I, but I will say this. I, I'm excited about the NLI process just because it's a change in some of the archaic ways that the NCAA operated, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I'm a little excited for it. I know we don't have all the answers right now. It's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. But I think this is a step in the right direction for student athletes.
0: Definitely, man. So Dr. Perkins, man, Skip, I appreciate you You know, taking your time out. I, I'll be honest, man, it's kind of like it's it doesn't feel like it's been almost like 15 years since I've seen you in uh <laughs> Linda talking to you in passing. So uh I definitely appreciate you, man. I hit you up and you hit me right back. And it's just like I'll be happy to do it. And so stuff like that, man. It's just always that just always makes somebody feel important. Like, hey, I appreciate you.
1: Thank no, thank you, man. Uh once again, please send my regards to Kate. So congratulations. Look forward to uh kicking with him. I will be there homecoming. Okay. For sure. So uh be looking, I I, I will be on my Closest as best behaviors I can. That might be the one time I could really let my hair down. But uh, uh, continue success for you guys and your podcast, man. Um, it's a wonderful platform. I'm glad you guys are taking advantage of it. Um, uh, so uh, thank you for inviting me, man. I'm, I'm humbled. It,
0: man. I, and I definitely have a, a tailgate special for you at homecoming, man. We'll <laughs> oh, <laughs> just do that. All right. Well, everybody, we'll see you all next time. And again, appreciate you, Dr. S- Dr. Perkins.
1: <laughs> thank you, man. All
0: right.